The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional. No one can serve two masters. He will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you shall eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds in the sky. They do not sow or reap. They gather nothing into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are not you more important than they? Can any of you by worrying add a single moment to your lifespan? Why are you anxious about clothes? Learn from the way the wildflowers grow. They do not work or spin, but I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was clothed like one of them. If God so clothes the grass of the field, which grows today and is thrown into the oven tomorrow, will he not much more provide for you, O oh, you of little faith? So do not worry and say, What are we to eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what are we to wear? All these things the pagans seek. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be given you besides. Do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Sufficient for a day is its own evil. This is Radio Wave Medjinomics with your host, a friend of Medjugorje. We are finding ourselves in situations that's growing in escalating tensions in different groups. Everyone's been on the interstate where it actually splits into two different kind of interstates. One goes to the right, one to the left. And the further it goes down each side of the interstate, the further they get apart. And the more distinct the distance is, we're in that moment. Our lady just sent a message September 25th, a couple of days ago, where she said, I'm calling you. Then later in the message, I implore on you. And she's speaking to us. And then she says, toward the end of the message, many souls are in sin. That's another group of people. She's speaking to two groups. She's been addressing us as a body of people. Then she grew down the road, splitting off and separating these two groups. Not that we don't sin, but that the body of apostles, those who follow her, her little children, are on a road that's distanced 
in themselves from this other group. And to continue the 25th show we did the other night, in the point of man God, Jesus says, And the Father sent me that the division may take place, and the children of light and those of darkness may be really known. Those who want to see and those who want to be blind. So the 25th message says, I'm calling you. I'm imploring you. And then the other group, many souls are in sin. The difference in those who are in sin and us in sin is we know the commandments and we confess. The difference in them, they deny sin and they're in sin because of it. Because they want to be blind. And the children of life are more responsible in many ways when they sin because too much is given, much is expected. But this is a principle that I'm drilling into you that you have to understand. That the division taking place everywhere is a good thing because it has to happen. So we have the body of people who have had conversion that what our lady said the other day, many souls are in sin because they are not those who sacrifice themselves and pray for their conversion. They need conversion. We've gone through conversion. Doesn't mean we won't go to hell or not any better than anybody else. Because again, we have more responsibility. But we're the children of God. They're the children who don't know God's love. And so when this, in the point of man, God said, and the Father sent me that the division may take place. That's the scriptures. I came with the sword to divide, to separate mother from daughter, father from son, son from father. Seven examples of division. This is what happened in the early pagan days. They converted. And the more they converted, the more they wanted to get away from paganism. And Elaine is trying to get us separate from that. She doesn't want us to be together. The lie of the culture today is we got to be diversity and be together. No, we don't. And we don't have to be diverse. We don't have to, diversity is to follow the least denominator, to be degraded down and pulled down to the least common denominator. And we have people following music. We have people following cultures. We have people following people that live degraded. Why can't we just say it? Why can't we be just honest? And so there's several things I want to discuss today while I'm still out of town because so much is happening. I got a call yesterday morning here at the hotel, man, that they were doing the election for World War and Luther Strange. The whole nation was watching this. Why? Because it's light and darkness. It's establishment against the anti-establishment. Now, we're not anti-establishment. We're being established as a conversion to lead the culture. And the secretary of Roy Moore wanted to get a message to me that they needed help. And they got to thinking they didn't know anybody else that could help, but I came to mind. And they said, as soon as the polls opened, there were problems at the polls of corruption. Could I get a few people down there? I said, let me call you back. And I arranged for 15 of our people in the community to go to the polls and start watching it, be poll watchers. We mobilized in just a few minutes. They were very grateful. They didn't have anybody they could call on. See, we're separate from everybody. We're not in the system and when Rory Moore needed something because they, the several counties that was Democrats and had some corruption going on, they called on us. 
and we went there and took care of for the rest of the day. It wasn't easy because we're on a schedule and some things we're doing right now. But we can mobilize. That's what our ladies want us to call us for. They're very grateful. They called back and said that at the end of the day, of course, we're more got the election. And this was a classic battle of light versus darkness. You say, oh, why are we talking about this politics? Don't you understand what our lady's here for to change the direction of the world? Pilate played a role in that. Herod played a role in that. Constantine played a role in legalizing the church. Half the Roman Empire, 30 million, had converted by then. So most of it was going, but then he legalized that for the rest. And Rome took over. So don't think we can't be in that side of it and you mislabel it as politics. It's not politics. It's about changing the direction of the world. Is that lady political when she says, for the dreamers of your fathers, I want my son in your home country? The Roman Empire was taken over by Jesus being in the hearts of even the Roman soldiers. The election day before yesterday, Tuesday night, was a huge victory toward light. There's Christians out there that don't like Rory Moore. They think he's a religious nut. And they're manipulated and they're programmed by the media to believe that. He stood up for natural law. He didn't do anything other than that. And we've been friends and we know each other. But this starts something in the United States that they had to spend $30 million. They're trying to cover it up right now, saying only $10 million. They spent $30 million to defeat Rory Moore to put an establishment person in there, Luther Strange. Luther Strange, after he lost, said, quote, We're in a political environment I never had any experience with. The political seas and winds in the country right now are very hard to navigate, very hard to understand. That's because the establishment is losing ground. It's being turned upside down. We have so many things happening right now that's tremendously exciting, but most people, and many people in Medjugorje, don't realize what's going on. They want to just sit there and continue to pray the rosary instead of looking at what the rosary has resulted in some fruit to be something. As branches are producing fruit now, they want to just continue to go to daily mass and think that's all they're supposed to do. That's ground zero. It's ground zero to fast, pray, go to holy mass. Renunciation. All these are the basic things to go from there. And actually, there's only four basic messages. Penance, fasting, prayer, peace. All of the messages, including Mass, come from that. So that said, when is it going to manifest? It's going to manifest when things start ending and the time of the secrets coming in play. We're in the midst of that. And it's in things that are so base, we don't even recognize those things. So Rory Morris' victory is huge, huge. And they're shaking in Washington. And I read something this morning that said they're very depressed. They're very down right now because the establishment is afraid that they're being unestablished. And that's exactly what Our Lady said when everything is passing away, everything is falling apart, only the glory of God remains. If you want to be standing at the end, then you've got to be glorifying God. If you're disregarding everything, you're passing away. 
And that's what we talked about on the 25th about the NFL. They're passing away because they're not standing. They're going down in disrespect of something that's sacred, something that's reverent. There's a black football player that's retired named Burgess Owens. And he says his great-great-grandfather came over in a boat and a slave. You know what I say to that? I don't want to hear it from those people. When my father or grandfather was a slave, my grandfather came in from Italy. They didn't have any shelter. They didn't have any worse. And they paid him nothing. He was a slave in the coal mine. So how can you compare that? They paid $1,500 for a slave. A plantation with a big plantation could be would cost $600. Just reason it out. Isaiah says, reason it out. You think you're going to pay $1,500 and abuse somebody like that? You have not been taught history. You don't understand history. And instead of looking at, thank God that my father was a slave or grandfather was a slave. I'm in this country. The blacks are better off being in this country than being in Africa right now and having a grateful spirit for that, that my forefathers paid a price for that instead of saying today that they have no tangible touching to the slavery part, that they can continue to use this card as a problem. Well, I tell you, there's some blacks out there revolting against that. This is from the liberals. It's garbage, and it's to keep you enslaved with the mentality. You need conversion. And I'm one white person that's not apologizing for being white. I have nothing to apologize for. I didn't put anybody as slaves. I let sex expose evil. I let says gravitate toward truth. You want to make it, no matter what color you are, then you convert and you can flourish. Burgess Owens, this retired NFL player, I think he won the championship at one point. He talks about this, and he talks about the national anthem. I want you to hear what he says, because he's dead on track, and everybody else on the other side is dead off the track. Listen to Burgess Owens. But our next guest is a former NFL player whose great-great-grandfather was brought to America on a slave ship, and he still stands for the national anthem. With me now, former NFL Super Bowl champion and author of Liberalism, or How to Turn Good Men into Whiners, Weenies, and Wimps, Burgess Owens. Mr. Owens, thank you for being here today. Hi, Liz. Looking forward to chatting with you for sure. This is, uh, this is so interesting, your perspective. You wrote a great article about this. First of all, when you see these pictures, when you see these videos of these young athletes uh, kneeling for the national anthem, what is your reaction to this? Uh, my reaction is very simply is that it's a shame where our, our educational system has gotten us now. I'm proud of our country because I was taught when I was growing up about our great history, about our great lineage. These young men who are standing on the sideline and making millions of dollars per year by going on the field have no clue about what got them there. And if they really want to make a difference, the American way is coming up with solutions. It's not kneeling and disrespecting our flag. It's standing and saluting our flag during the offseason, combining their resources, billions of dollars, and go out there and really make a difference in those communities they're talking about. And for the, the white players that are now putting their hands on the shoulders or standing with them, may I make a suggestion? Stop apologizing for who you are. Stop apologizing for the great country that's given you the opportunity to do what you're doing. And me, the same here. We just finished up eight years of a presidency, a black president. 
And a hundred years ago, my great great grandfather came here in, in the belly of a slave ship. The end of his story, though, he ended up with a very successful entrepreneur, owned 100 acres of, of a property, paid off in two years. The, the pillar of his community, proud American and proud Republican. That's the story of our nation. And we need to get back to understanding who we are and stop apologizing for being white and stop apologizing or expecting apologizing because we're black. We're Americans. And in this country, you can do anything you want to if you really put your heart and soul into it. Mr. Owens, I have the chills up and down my arm. That was absolutely beautiful. Let me ask you in the practical sense here, I understand the argument that's coming from the left to a certain extent where they say, you know, free speech, these players are allowed. It's part of the American way even for them to express their views here. We shouldn't stifle them just because we consider it to be disrespectful. That is, after all, why we have uh, the right to free speech, to protect us when other people don't like it. But what should coaches do, in your opinion? I mean, you've played in the NFL. You understand how this system works. How should coaches handle this? Well, it's, it's the league. Unfortunately, we have, in the top of our organization, we have liberals, we have uh, leftists who don't understand that their brand is based on uh, what American dream is all about. They are living the greatest lifestyle. And what I suggest the league to do is make the same parameters in terms of making a bad impression on their brand by finding guys who do not do what was supposed to be positive for their brand. Now, for these young men, it's going to be up to people like myself, black conservatives, get in that community and help these people, these young guys, understand what they have their hands on and take advantage of it and be a great example of moving forward as opposed to being divided with the socialist, liberal, and Marxist organizations that's actually driving this process right now. Right. We're fighting ideology, not each other. Right. And I mean, that seems to make sense to me because it doesn't seem like it would be stifling free speech when the league actually penalizes players for what you could call expressions of free speech. You know, they call it decorum uh, in the end zone, you know, all those dances, which I think we enjoy watching, but they actually get fined for them. They can get benched for it. I don't know if this is uh, any different or not, but maybe the league should step up. Mr. Owens, let me ask you a question. You said that you stand. One of the things that you think about when you stand up for our national anthem at these games, you say that you stand for black youth who have not been taught to love God, family, and country, and you blame liberals for that. What do you mean? The last 60 years, I grew up in a community that was very exciting, very successful. Uh, we led the country in terms of growth of our black middle class, led the country in terms of commitment of men to marriage, led the country in terms of black entrepreneurs. The, the liberal left, the socialists and liberals have run our communities for the last 60 years. They've taught their young men not to have gratitude about who we are, not to educate them about our country and what we stand for. So where we are today, understand, that's the Democrats. The Democrats have owned that community for 60 years. So the misery you see there is done on purpose, is done for decades because they want that vote. So we're going to get that back. We're going to go in there and start giving the message of hope and, and work ethic and pride in our country. And we will get our young people back understanding that they should stand strongly and proudly for the only country in the history of mankind to give us the, the kind of rights we have today. Right. No, you're absolutely right. You also say that liberals are the ones that are teaching youth that we shouldn't get over this divisive past that we do uh, have in our country. And this is, I think, particularly relevant to you. You share the story of your great-great-grandfather as an eight-year-old child being forced onto a slave ship, brought to this country. He was a slave in this nation, died a free man. You know, the ch his children all graduated from college. An absolutely remarkable story here. But what do you say to, I guess, black youth or these athletes that are playing in the NFL right now. What do you say to them to counter that narrative of the left that's telling them that we should not get over the divisive past in our nation, that we need to continue this divide? What I say to white and black Americans, we need to learn our history. Karl Marx, the founder of Socialists, said that the first battleground is the rewriting of history. Black and white Americans need to learn our history. And I tell you, the left has had a long game. They've been doing this for decades. We need those of us conservatives get into the fight, get into and roll up our sleeves 
fight for those young people who are not giving the right message. If we educate our kids, they will stand strong because they'll be proud of their history, proud of their ancestors, and proud of this country that's done so many good things for so many people. The left is an ideology of division. We need to know that that's what we're fighting against, ideology of socialism, Marxism, and liberalism. That's our enemy, not each other. Mr. Owens, thank you so much for coming on the show. I appreciate you sharing your story. I appreciate the work you're doing on behalf, not just of conservative principles, but on behalf of our history and our nation. Uh, I'm proud to talk to you. Thanks for being here. George Washington is the father of our nation. His statute, his position, his very being and who he was was such that he had bullets fired at him and he knew he should have been dead and it went through his clothing and out the other side but not through his body. Indians later when he fought the Indians 20 or so years later wanted to come see the man that they knew they should have killed. But somehow, the great spirit protected him. The virtues of George Washington are very numerous, but you're not taught that. Abe Lincoln, 100 years later, was the man of the hour. He was placed there. How do we take these greats and what they were, and nobody denied that they were from God, they were put there to do what they did, and we erased George Washington's birthday and a celebration as our father of our nation if we're not realizing history. And how do we take Abraham Lincoln's birthday and erase his birthday as a national holiday also, and we combine those two and call it President's Day? This is revisionism to erase where people could go of all races, to people to look up to. And how do we do that at the same time and our purpose of erasing those two great men, days dishonored, where I remember in school, our whole week on George Washington's birthday was studying him, and then when Abraham Lincoln's, I think it was November 12th, when his comes up, we spent the whole week on Abraham Lincoln and everything happened associated with it, except we have Marxism that erases it. Did you know communism was very involved with the civil rights? It's documented. Do your own research. How is it that for blacks, their history doesn't go past Martin Luther King? They've got no roots. They've got no understanding of what's going on. And how is it that we remove George Washington and Abraham Lincoln, take them off, and give Martin Luther King a national holiday. The only individual besides Jesus Christ that has his own national holiday. And we remove two greats from Martin Luther King? Do you think he was that great? I'm going to tell you something nobody would say. The guy is very over-exaggerated. And people say things that way beyond who he is. He's nothing compared to George Washington or Abraham Lincoln, and many other people. And it cheats blacks and stops them from aspiring to higher things than just community organizing. 
You know, Jesus made it very clear about by the fruit you would owe him. The Bible says don't be an insider. Martin Luther King was told at one point not to go someplace because it was going to result in violence. And he knew it. It was even some of the blacks that told him that. Don't go there because it's going to result in violence. He said he was going to go anyway. He knew full well. If he was really for peace, he says, like the NFL players, they're like on the moral grounds. We're doing this and we're, we're just doing a peaceful protest. And then Trump says something, and he's the one that's the problem. Who was the problem? Who caused it? By the fruit of the tree, you'll know them. There's no fruit coming out of the 60s now. Where is it? These may be choking words. I know there are people who are going to condemn me for saying that. I lived in the midst of this. I was raised with blacks. We had much more love a long time ago when things were supposedly so bad. There's now. And here is Burgess Owens separating from that and saying we need to learn history. And that's what a lot of the problems are for blacks. We've got black supporters from almost the beginning of Caritas. We're good friends. And they see the same thing. I know one black family that I know very well, they said when they did the rioting in the 60s, our mom and dad took us into our house and prayed the rosary. So you're not going to deal with this guy, Martin Luther King. You have been taught wrong about everything, both white and black. And the division we're experiencing now is because of revisionists. And Marxism is civil rights are riddled into it. And the Catholic Church, especially the bishops, cow down to this and don't do their own research. You go online and start researching. Research these people and see what you discover. Because we knew it as teenagers. We knew it as kids. And so we have the Ben Carsons out there that prove you can rise up. And Ben Carson is not a singular guy. And Burgess Owens showing where from slavery to a free man to own hundreds of acres and paying it off in two years. How did that come about if the society didn't allow that to happen? The individual can make it happen regardless who they are. And there's many people that can be held up as models and mentors for white and blacks who are white and black. The white European built this nation. No apologies for that. And because it's going to be resting on their shoulders to reverse it, he's hated and he's despised. And it's called white privilege. He's not even sensitive to who he is, how he hurts people by being white. I don't worry about that. I love everybody. And I have a special affinity with blacks. I worked a lot of them for a long time. I tell you what, there needs to be a coalition of blacks who are ready to stand up and get away from the false heroes that's held up. That all you have to do is riot or make a protest. Ben Carson has done more than all the protesters together as far as giving a model of what can be done. You say, well, he's genius. He did this. He did that. There's plenty of practical, common sense people like George Washington Carver, who is a real model to imitate both white and black. So this division that comes up is all from Satan. The newscaster said, I'm chilled up and down my spine. Like she never heard that. I'm not chilled. It's reality. The blacks have false and illusions, heroes, that give them no aspirations 
to rise above where they are. And that's what he's coming here for, for everybody. Everybody to come together through her son by conversion. The right mentality for anybody to have is, I don't care. I thank God my forefathers were slaves. I thank God for that because I'm here. And the fact that I'm here, and even if my family was broken up, I wouldn't be here if it was not down to that lineage. You exist because of that happened. I don't hear Jewish people running around. We were slaves for 400 years. Look what they did to us. That's not the Christian response. Whatever happened, you go through, whatever persecution you suffer, you're to be grateful for it. Jesus says, they persecuted me before you. It's got to be a mentality change, metanoia, to go to conversion, to escape the slavery that experiences now, especially the black race. You're more slaves now than you've ever been. The only way to escape that is through conversion, and nobody's going to hold you down. I don't see white people running and say, let's go make slaves. Let's go do this to them. I don't see that. I don't hear it. And if it did, I would reject it. We can't have a serious dialogue. We can't have an open, honestly statements about these situations, except the establishment is part of it. Washington is part of it. The swamp's part of it. They want to keep you down that way. And they want to keep the white mentality and thinking we have to be apologizers. Stop apologizing. Stop letting blacks be victims. There's only one victim, that's Jesus Christ. You follow him. You follow our lady. And all that stuff goes away. And no separations there. You know, you got to root about Paris. You know who the church is filled with in the Marcus Medal? It's 80% blacks. They're so reverent. See, they convert. They understand what's going on. But we got a mentality in this country that says, oh, you're owed this. You're, owed, you're not owed anything. I'm not owed anything. Nothing. And so there's so many things happening. This is just one subject. We had the, the Rory Moore thing, this uh, Luther Strange thing. we got this thing with Burgess Owens. We've got coming up October 7th, the feast day of Our Lady of the Rosary. You know where this comes from? And this is the third topic I'm talking about in this one Mesonomics because there's so much happening right now, so much to look at. The Polish Bishops' Conference just did something extraordinary, and this is discriminatory. We wouldn't do this. Washington won't be for this. You know what they said? We want one million Polish people on October 7th to go on the 2,000-mile border of Poland and these one million people to pray to save Europe from Islamization. Can you believe that? How can they be so racist? How can they be so against Islam? This is a call right now. They call it a crusade. We're doing a crusade right now. They're calling this crusade a rosary on borders. Isn't that wonderful? Are you offended by that? Are you going to be like the typical stupid white person that says, Oh, we're going to offend somebody at the crusade of rosary on borders to save the world from Islamization. You see how stupid that is? We want to do that because that's what happened in 1571 when the Ottoman Empire was controlling the Mediterranean. And Pope Pius says, I order all churches in Rome to be open day and night to pray constantly for a victory because we're about to lose Europe. Just like we're losing the world right now. 
And what happened on October 7th was the armada of ships of the Ottoman Empire was going to defeat and destroy the European fleet. And out of nowhere, when they poured out into the streets at the call of Pope Pius, the victory came. And now we have the Polish Bishops' Conference doing something. The Polish always are doing something for a million people to be down throughout the whole border for 2,000 miles to save Europe from radical Islam or just Islam. Why do we have to apologize? Jesus Christ is the Savior. Jesus Christ is the one true God. Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Quit worrying about what people think of you. I don't worry about it. I don't buy into Martin Luther King. And every single city across the United States has to have that to placate and cry babies that we got to have a name for Martin Luther King because they're always searching to excuse themselves that we got great things in our past. you got far greater. George Washington Carver makes Martin Luther King look like nothing. He changed more economically for blacks, put their status up, had 300 inventions, invented things that help blacks more than what King's done. You say, oh, how can I say that? Study your history. Turn against this. Turn against what I'm saying. Fine. I lived through the midst of it. I was a personal witness to it. I have black friends that see the same thing. And it's time for everybody to start speaking up and correct history that everybody can be freed from what they're in shackles to mentality-wise. And so there's things that we need to discuss openly now because it's time for division. It's time to really get your mentalities aligned so that you can be those who are going to be the apostles who speak freely and openly with honesty and with truth for the souls who are in sin. They need us to through our conversion, to pray for them to change over. And Burgess Owens is 100% correct. How can he be wrong and everybody else right? This guy understands it, just like Cassius Clay, and I don't call him Muhammad Ali, I don't go there, because he defected from Vietnam and his draft dodger, and I don't respect that. I don't look up to him for that. I live through it. I know about that. I watched the whole thing happen. So Cassius Clay, known to many as Muhammad Ali, even spoke honestly, coming back from Africa and his first visit to there, and asked by the news people when he landed, what do you think about Africa? He says, all I got to say is, I thank God my granddaddy got on that boat. That's the attitude to have. Thank God you're here, no matter who you are. I'm Italian. I thank God I'm here. I'm not an Italian-American. I'm an American with Italian descent. I'm for the United States. I stand up for it. I respect the flag. I wrote the Patriotic Rosary for that. Start saying this everywhere. Go to the borders on October 13th and pray the rosary. We can't depend on our bishops to call us to us because they're too politically correct. They're too social justice. Everything's like Burgess says. Social justice. He says social justice, but it's socialist. It's communism. Look what the civil rights was about. Look who was behind it and who incited it. Edgar Hoover, the head of the FBI, found all this stuff. 
But you're not going to read that. You're not going to find it. But when you find it, you realize, hey, this is something off base. This tree is fruited in some bad, bad fruit. It's not elevating. It's degradating. Get over it. Follow our lady. Follow the messages. And just speak openly. It's time to get going to a peace that only can come from heaven. When you accept whatever you perceive as persecution or whatever is reality in persecution, you're not excused to hang that and all your problems on it. Jesus' teaching was, they persecuted me before you. Peter says, take joy when you've been given suffering, you've been given a measure of mine. That's the attitude to have. And then you start flying. Wish you a lady. We love you. Goodbye. The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional. This ends the Metronomic Show with a friend of Mechigoria. To order this show on CD, you can contact Caritas in the U.S. at 205-672-2000. Again, 205-672-2000.